you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. Today's episode of the Around the NFL podcast is presented by Rocket Mortgage. Join Rocket Mortgage in saying thank you to essential workers by posting a video to everyoneknowsahero.com. EveryoneKnowsAHero.com. Also, don't forget our second Twitter show. The Around the NFL Twitter show will air live Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. over in the U.K. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be live. You're going to have interaction uh, from you, the listeners. So send us in questions, videos, whatever you want. We're going to keep you up to date on what happened in the NFL uh, this week and what's coming up next with the draft. Ooh, it's going to be fun. So check it out. The Around the NFL Twitter show, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. in the U.K. All right, let's get to the Thursday show. The Around the NFL podcast are never going back to the office. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. And, another uh, day. Another day. Not the only hero joining us today. He starts every day saying, good morning, football. <laughs> His resume is weirder than yours. He can destroy you at Tech Mobile. Yeah. Making his debut appearance on the Around the NFL podcast, please welcome Kyle Brandt. This thing got sexy fast, guys. Is this the Lethal Weapon soundtrack? What is this that we're My listening to? My favorite thing about the um, this guitar yeah. solo is that it's a it's turned into a, a Rorschach test, essentially. People hear what they want to hear. Peter Schrager, your colleague on Good Morning Football. What do you hear? Kyle. He heard Emmanuel in space. He heard 1995 Skinamax. <laughs> uh. Chris, Chris Wessling, I believe, hears... Or maybe with someone else, the, the mid-90s big, Chicago Bulls. The Bulls yeah. entrance music. Sure. And well, we you know Kyle what Schrager Brent. has been doing it during quarantine, I guess. <laughs> I heard Riggs and Murtaugh, the original Lethal Weapon soundtrack. I thought you pulled that on me, and I, I appreciated it. I would have gone Red Shoe Diaries in retrospect. That's a great <laughs> call, though, because you could totally see you know, Mel Gibson introspective, brooding, drunk yeah. after something bad happens and, and that rolling. I get that. What's up, Kyle? Um, listen, I'm so excited to be here. You, uh, The five of us have been part of the NFL media group for years, and this is the first invite I've gotten, so I can tell you guys are huge fans. And uh, <laughs> I'm really, really glad to be here. <laughs> it's criminal. It's criminal that we haven't ha had you on yet. I have no idea why it hasn't happened, and it's well overdue, mm. but we're so happy that you said yes. And, and we're probably now, once, once we've 
gone and taken the step, we're probably going to ask you all the time. So if there's any like resentment sure. on your end, just start sticking it to us by hitting us with the uh, you know hand in the face. There's no problem. I can tell this is already the hippest show because we have five guys on here and not a one of us has wireless headphones. We all have wired <laughs> headphones. Like I should have the foam orange ear coverings like Marty McFly. This is going to be great, guys. Five white guys on wired right. headphones. I was, yeah, was going to say, that was maybe your, your obstacle for barrier. Adding another white guy to the mix just, just feels like... A little too much. It's, it's a very nineteen. Yeah, it's very it's it's very uh, nineteen ninety two. But it's it's very good to have you here, Kyle. Yeah. And good morning, football. And we talked about it a lot on this show. And I was lucky enough to be a part of the show uh, in just a, a small way last season for the Humble first break. time. The you guys share you know the DNA of our show. So yeah. I can I, I could guarantee you if you're a listener to the Around the NFL podcast. And you can access Good Morning Football. You should watch it because it will become addictive in short order. And I really think Kyle and I, I love everybody uh, on the Ooh. team. But Kyle, you are uh, a creative driver of that show. We all know it, and you do such awesome work. So we're pumped to have you here, and and we all love you. Thank you very much. I remember the first time I listened to this podcast. I remember what episode it was. The content for the first episode I listened to, it was a few years ago, and it was a very odd story about, you guys will remember, when Tony Romo announced that he was done, there was that weird night where he suited up for the Dallas Mavericks. Remember that? Oh, and he went yeah. on the bench. <laughs> and you guys were going at it, and I saw it flash across Twitter. I'm like, I want to hear what they have to say about that. And uh, I loved it, and I've been listening ever since. Can you imagine that being my first episode? <laughs> Completely forgot about it. That is, yeah, that is, whatever. I'm lucky you robot. stuck around. Like, I don't know what. He, maybe he just drank himself into an, a gutter. I've never heard his name since. It's, it's, it's a good call. It's a good call. I By still the way, I think it was a shame that they never played him in that game. It was a half measure where like you can suit up instead of put him in the game. And I want to see somebody just lock him down and embarrass him because everything works out for Romo. I wanted to see it get blocked. He just sat there and smiled the whole time. That's true. Measure. He was in the layup line, right? Wasn't yeah, it? That, yeah, wasn't everything. it the whole thing? Warm-ups, uh, uniform. He was on the team, but they never put him in the game. So Ricardo. odd. Yeah. Wait, he was active? Yeah. I mean, look, he had a uniform and warm-ups on. He was on the bench, you know, next to Dirk or whoever. He didn't, so, yeah. He wasn't filling out that jersey as much as some of the NBA players. No. no, no Let no, me no, ask you this off. question, Kyle. You're a married yeah. man, happily yeah. married. Yeah. Uh, I am happily married as well. But my wife has a story uh, during her post-college days living in Dallas, getting a knock on her door, and it was a, a tall man a rookie for the Dallas Cowboys, unknown, not playing, named Tony Romo. And according to my wife, he asked for a Band-Aid. And uh, my wife gave him the Band-Aid. And that's how the story ends for me. Should I believe that that was the full story? Mm. Well, is is can I have a band aid? Is that like a euphemism for something? I don't something? know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I took the story the cool at face terms, value, but as like time passes, <laughs> I, I wonder sometimes. Here's yeah. Well, listen. Table. Maybe so. I, I, I'm glad that that is not my wife's story. It's, it sounds like it's, it sounds like the start of a, of a Red Shoe Diaries. The doorbell yeah. came, and there's Tony Romo looking for a Band-Aid. Dan, I would put but it no. at a strong 97 percentile um, probability <laughs> that something nefarious happened in the story you're getting is um, just part of the story, a skinny. Yes. But then, if we know anything about Tony Romo, he couldn't close. So, like, that <laughs> ending oh, probably yeah. have a good ending. <laughs> he left with a clavicle injury. Ah, um, yes. All right. Awesome to have you here. Um, Great to be here. We are going to uh, – you have some business to settle. We're going to tease it here at the top. So we're going to get to it at the bottom. Uh, something from the past that connects you to the show and spe specifically to Christoph Wessling. 
Um, yes. So um, I'll tease it like this. I have a feeling there's a Star Wars vibe in this room. I certainly have it. I remember when they when they first came out with uh, Episode Seven, and it was the just first you one and with Mark, Kylo by the Ren way. Very much okay. just you and Mark. So remember the first line in the Episode Seven was the very first line was. Uh, a wrong will will be need to be righted, and ever, some some line like that. And it was basically people were saying they're alluding to the prequels and how bad they were, and they're going to fix them. We need to fix something here on the show as it relates to certainly one of the hosts, and as it relates to me. There's a wrong that needs to be righted. I understood the parallel, and I thought it was a very strong one. Um, yeah. The other three people on the show, they're going to have to do a little bit of. Uh, research off air to get the very strong point made by Kyle Brandt there. What are you guys, Trekkies or something? What are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. I think They're kind I of too Trek cool and for Wars it, was know? the same thing. I but I, yes. I have to say, I do I do get the ref that the 99 movie, which is the only one I've seen in the theater, yeah. was an abomination. Terrible. And then no one liked the other ones either. So those three movies, that I tracked it. I was tracking that. I clocked it. I'm all in on it. We're good. More, I just wonder which one of you has the right. It's going to no, be more into getting guys. drunk and making bad decisions, not, not like <laughs> sci-fi. <laughs> Okay. What like was the 99 too. movie called then? Phantom Menace? Phantom Menace, I remember yeah. sitting in the theater and not really being into Star Wars, but it was such a huge cultural event, being like, all right, let's fly. Let's see what happens here. And then within about seven minutes, thinking to myself, this is one of the worst decisions I've ever made. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a shame that that's the only one that you paid a ticket for. I remember yeah. being five or six minutes into that, thinking, this has to be a practical joke. I tugged a friend in who had never seen it, and you know, there's this hideous Jar Jar Binks character in there, and he just kept hitting me. He's like, who is this horsey figure walking around? I said... I don't know. I'm horrified. Horsey. You know, I don't know what's happening here. This is a- <laughs> and so I'm what was more disappointing? Was, was the Phantom Menace more disappointing or uh, the Jay Glazer news that he promoted and then broke this week? Which one? It was the it's Phantom Menace race. of news. It's a tight race. That is, one, a great, one I would- <laughs> that is a great tease to get into the news. Yeah. So let's do it. Ricky. Among the last six picks taken, a uh, familiar name if you're a college football fan. Tom Brady, the quarterback who uh, all he did was lead this football team, put them in the right position more times than not. And when he got pulled from the game and Drew Henson came in, Michigan football was not as good as it was when no, Brady was in. No question, Mike. Yes, it was 20 years ago today that Tom Brady was drafted by the New England Patriots. I know a lot of people don't know this, but it was 199 overall in the <laughs> sixth round. And how, how, you know, when you're that deep in the draft, we all know how d- draft coverage goes. It gets a little spotty in the back end. Tom Brady was drafted during a commercial break. <laughs> mm. Straight up. How about Tariko on the call there? Tariko with nice. a full head of hair. Doing a nice he job. was a day, day three. Definitely a Michigan guy. And a big spot there. But Tariko has been doing it for a long time. And, all right, a little quiz. The six quarterbacks drafted sure. before Brady in 2000, Kyle Brandt. Well, uh, Chris Redman, for sure. Uh, I, I have a first-person story about Chris Redman, too. I, I'm just going to interrupt, the, the break your format and say it. Do it. About three years ago, I was on a family vacation. We were in like a warm-weather area around a hotel, and I'm walking down the beach by myself. I'd had some daiquiris, and it was my wife was with the kids. And I'm just sitting there with my feet are in the water, and I look, and I see this tall guy, this crew-cutter guy, and I go, is that Chris Redman? And I walked up to him. This is about three years ago. I was on Good Morning Football at the time. And I go, excuse me, you're Chris Redman, right? He goes, yeah, how you doing? And we're talking, and I'm half drunk. And and I just, I kind of just go, so, dude, like, how much does the Brady and the draft thing uh, come up? 
And he goes, every day of my life. And wow. what can I do? Every day of my life. And I From go, well, people like you. I guess I'm the guy today. Yes, I was <laughs> the guy. But he's like, what can I do? I had a nice career. I did everything I could do. And I thought he had a great attitude about it. So I ran into him every day of his life. And now we brought it up here. Chris Redman. That's one. Chad Pennington, Giovanni Carmazzi, Chris Redman, T. Martin, Mark Bolger, and Spurgeon oh, win. So Spurgeon can we started on yeah, Spurgeon yeah. win. And let me, I'll be, you know, Pennington was the first off the board to the Jets uh, around 20 overall, 25 in that range. My favorite Jet quarterback ever, one of those what if guys, kind of like your Greg Cook, Wes, maybe not at that level skill wise, natural skills, but he really was tracking to have an excellent career, but the shoulder injuries just derailed it. And he still, even with those injuries, won comeback player of the year twice and had a really nice career, but it's a what could have been in Jets history, Mr. Pennington. Mm. Um, all right. And by the way, if you're watching this clip on social, you'll see that in addition to the Princeton photos in the background, which I imagine a young, a young Kyle Brandt is in those because yeah. he played collegiately there. Hey, All right, so <laughs> can we get into this? I've yeah, I just want to say you're wearing trouble. a Brady jersey with yeah, the Bucks jersey. I got a but Brady jersey, the goat, uh, the three goats in <laughs> the my Godwin background. jersey, right? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's the new, it's the Brady and everything. Did they send I you a one? lot of trouble with my background? Yes, the Buccaneers sent me a damn jersey, but. I have pictures of myself, which if you ever watch Good Morning Football, I am extremely loath to ever bring up my college playing career because I'm on the same network with LaDainian Tomlinson sure. and Terrell Davis, and I just don't – I have other stuff I want to talk about. I just don't do it. And I have nothing to put back there. I tried this Walter Payton picture that was really cool, and they shot it down because it was a copywritten photo. I've tried all these cool pop culture things. Can't do it. I keep getting shot down. So I'm like, you guys – I have to put up pictures of myself, which is like the douchiest move of all time. But other than that, it's just these crappy closets that are encasing my hot water heater in my hostage chamber basement. So that's all I got. I'm sorry. I know it's lame, but I have nothing else. I'm sorry. I love it. I'd be hanging up posters of myself if I played on any level of college football. I think lean yeah. into it. Would, would Schrager be apologizing? No, he'd be saying what a badass he is. You know, you know what, Greg? I was thinking about something. I have photos of my good three Good Morning Football co-hosts at, in, in different athletic endeavors at different points of their life. I have a picture of Peter Schrager on, like, the fourth grade swim team in a Speedo. And I was going to print all those pictures and put them here. And Kay is, like, playing volleyball and Nate's doing whatever he's doing. But the Schrager, like, uh, grape smuggler picture is unbelievable. I'm even going to try to pull it up as we're talking so I can show you guys. All right? I mean, Schrager and I are very tight. I have to ask, did his athletic career – um, go beyond fourth grade uh, in the in the pool. No, it, it didn't go on to fourth grade anywhere. And the funny thing about Schrager is Schrager's easily six three. He's yeah. coordinated. He's I've got played the catch with him. You start to play catch with a football, you can tell he's coordinated. And I'm like, Peter, you're so obsessed with football. You're so big. Why did you not play tight end or something in high school at least? And wasn't I mean at my high school, the coach would like run down anyone in the hallway who was kind of big or had like was tall. I was like, where was your coach? Because Peter, you could have maybe done something with this. He just had no interest. Never wanted to play mm. the game. And when you know how you do photo shoots at different, you know, the NFL media things, they want you to take a picture in your suit or whatever. They always have a ball. Always, there's always a ball on the set. And they want you to take the ball yeah. and, like, hold it and toss it and everything. 
Peter will not touch the ball, ever. He refuses to touch it. And the photographer's always like, hey, Peter, let's get a couple with the ball. I won't touch it, and I won't do the I'm looking at my phone because I have so many contacts things, which are only the two things I feel like he's told us this story. It's so important to him that he's he's So I always make sure that when he's doing his pictures, I throw him the ball and make him catch it. And then I tell the photographer, when he's holding the ball, take the picture, just to torture him. There's more to this story. A lot. There's a lot in the sub-genre of Peter Schrager. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'm going to find the picture. Yeah. Keep looking at it. Grape smuggler? Is that what you referred to it as? Yes, the, I did. The yes. look? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we should say plum smuggler. Uh, plums. You take plums. You know. All right. Um, listen, Jay Glazer said he had a, he had huge scoopage, and everyone connected it to the uh, lame floated report by the moose over at WFAN that uh, the Vikings and Browns were closing in on an Odell Beckham trade. Well, that... Every, everything we're hearing from plugged-in people in the industry say that's not a real thing. And then Glazer comes on a show and says his big scoop is that Ram Center, Brian Allen, tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, a Ram spokesman confirmed the diagnosis on Wednesday, adding that a- Allen felt symptoms but is now feeling much better. He's 24 years old. He's the first active NFL player to publicly acknowledge that he's tested positive for the virus. So if you were expecting... Uh, a huge NFL transaction scoop. It wasn't that, but it is notable. Uh, the first NFL player with coronavirus. Thankfully, it doesn't look like it's one of these serious cases. The most memorable thing I think about this story is it's the first time I can ever remember Jay Glazer getting dumped on. Like Jay Glazer's had. So, it's really a credit to Jay Glazer that he's had this great a career that I can't think of another time where people are just mad at Jay Glazer uh, for overselling something. He never gets things wrong. Uh, or, you know, in this case, uh, people just thought, like, this wasn't enough. Uh, you know, you feel for Brian Allen, but I, I understand that. I think he backlash. misread the room because it's yeah. a, it is an important story. And obviously, coronavirus is what everyone has talked about. And it's the biggest thing in the world. Uh, but... I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of a – people are so used to hearing people have it now that it's not something that floors people. And it just and people were looking for the big NFL news story, so they hit out it. I'm going to give Glazer a pass is what I'm trying to say. I understand where he was going with it, and people just wanted something else. The tone was a little off. It's like, hey, everyone wait around till you know X, Y, and Z uh, Pacific Standard Time for this big announcement. It's going to be a fun one. And then it's like this person has um, <laughs> caught the pandemic. I, I, it, it kind of threw me in the wrong direction. All right, he, great at his job. I'm not sure this qualifies as scoop. The the Rams did have to close down their facility. It does raise some questions. Like they didn't answer. Um, why they closed their facility a little earlier than everyone else. So it kind of answers that. He also said he didn't have the ability to taste Brian Allen for two and a half weeks. He tested positive twice, I think three, two or three weeks apart. So even for someone as healthy as that, it's taken him a while to shake it. The the Glazer thing, Dan was, he called a shot. Like he, when you go on Twitter and say huge news tomorrow, we are in an era where we're all dying for something to react to or a story right. or like just give us anything and then i was like who the, who, who the hell's brian allen i, I had i had <laughs> i don't I, I was allen. not familiar with that player <laughs> yeah. i understand he's from the chicago area and he's a meat and potatoes type of guy it, it did make <laughs> me wonder you, you obviously wish health and wellness for everyone who is the nfl figure that if glazer said he had corona and he's okay now who is the person that would have blown Twitter's hair back and be like, oh, my God, that is a crazy story? Because oh, I Antonio do have an Brown. answer in mind. Antonio Brown? 
That's their I, answer. I'd go That's Tom Brady answer. because he is the wealth and health and wellness guru that apparently can't catch any sort of the common cold. Has no idea who Tom Brady is. Greg. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Belichick, you're you're making a good point that really people were mad that it was Brian Allen. If it was a yes. big star, then people would be fine with it. It's not exactly I, the NFL's Tom Hanks. No, <laughs> no. Brady's my guy as well. Tom, I, I think, listen, I think the answer is simple. And Dan, I hate to bring this up. Yeah. If it was Sam Darnold, oh. that would be really yeah, bad. That's true. We, we can't have Sam Darnold being the guy. I mean, any other player in the league after what went down last year. And obviously, I don't wish that anybody. But Dan, speak as a Jets fan. Yeah. If Darnold and Corona, and okay, he's all fine now, but Jesus. What are I'm we putting him in a guy? bubble. And I'm just yeah. I'm taking him out of the league. I'm you saying you were supposed to be the shining sun, but now your wellness is more important. He stays in a bubble for 70 years. Yes. You I get a lot of that out indefinitely with, with coronavirus and Sam Darnold pointing at the camera. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Don't all tease right. me with surprises in this era, all right? If, I, if my wife tells me I ordered something incredible for you online and I, it's more bath towels, like, I, 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 you can't mess with my emotions in this era. And I think that's what Jay was going All right, for. we're hitting Glazer with the L. Moving yes. on, here's some more trade rumors out there. This one floated by... Former NFL executive, former colleague of yours. I know you had a good relationship with the Mark uh, Mike Lombardi. Uh, was told by a league source that the Bucks are looking to trade tight end OJ Howard, former first round pick, a guy who really flashed uh, in the 2018 season before going down, and then 2019 was a huge disappointment. West, where he couldn't get going. I believe he had some injury issues and maybe fell out of favor in the Bruce Arians regime. So, if this Lombardi report tracks and is indeed accurate. Uh, this is a young and talented guy that maybe just has not been able to get his footing in the NFL yet. The timing seems all off on this one. It's a year too late. You know, every person in America who plays fantasy football said Bruce Arians doesn't use tight ends last year. They should trade O.J. Howard while he still has a lot of value coming off a very promising 2018 season. And now it's like Tom Brady, who was used to throwing passes to a six foot seven, highly athletic tight end, for 10 years, now has another six foot seven, highly athletic tight end, and the Bucks want to get rid of him. Mm. I don't get the timing. I don't really look at uh, Michael Lombardi the same after that ugly clash he had with Scott Hansen on Twitter this offseason. So it's, yeah. it's tough for me to take this trade news and you know, embrace it uh, in the same way that I normally would because I'm just Team Hansen. Team Hansen all the way. Awesome Always. clash. My favorite clash in a long time. <laughs> you almost have to wonder if Howard, I mean, of all places, could wind up. I can think of a team uh, that Brady is linked to that needed a tight end desperately. Why not New England? And suddenly mm. the guy Brady should be throwing to. I mean, also anything that Mike Lombardi reports, I have to feel like there's a little Patriots um, angle or shade to it somewhere. Mm. Then there's no tight ends in this class, apparently. So it, you would think someone would give something for him. Hey, Greg, lest anyone not be aware of it, could you just remind us what the Hanson-Lombardi feud was? Because I, I, I'm a big Hanson guy, too. Yeah. Well, I just I recommend go go back to Twitter. Um, okay. And, you know, search these these two names. Titans. Uh, I <laughs> believe happened? Lombardi had um, a comment on his podcast. Oh, where no. He it was a diatribe. Essentially said Scott Hanson doesn't know anything. And Scott Hansen shouldn't be getting, giving any criticism about play calling or when to call timeouts. Oh, and Scott on. Hansen, just read your little teleprompter and do the news for me mm. because uh, that's where you're at in, in the world. And, and Scott did not take it well. It, it was a beautiful thing. Good job by Scott pushing back. Good on job. Me. 
I mean, he has seven hours of commercial-free football, guys. That ain't easy. I yeah, love Yeah, because Scott Mike Lombardi is, you know, unimpeachable when it comes to takes on football and getting things right and wrong. <laughs> right, Mark Sessler? I, well, I agree with whatever our, the host of our show says. Like petty, tw- <laughs> petty Twitter squabbles is, is, are one fence, of my favorite Sessler. sporty events. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, in other news, come on, uh, you know, come back to us, Dak Prescott. Uh, he held yeah. a social gathering over the weekend. There's no no social gatherings right now. I don't care, you know, if you keep it under 10 or if it's over 10. Just nix it. Everyone else is eating the poop right now. You do too, Mr. Quarterback. Anyway, he held a party, and Zeke Elliott was also there. And Dak is upset because he thinks it's been blown out of proportion by the media and by idiots like me, uh, (laughs) saying it wasn't more than 10 people. It wasn't out of control. It wasn't a rager. Uh, but uh, Stephen Jones said Tuesday in uh, an interview with uh, the fan in Dallas that he talked to both Prescott and Elliott about not conducting gatherings while most of the country remains under quarantine. Prescott released a statement. Uh, where do you come down on this, Mark? Uh, Dak, uh, you angry with him? You furious? No, I'm not furious. I think two, two things. The Jane Slater followed up. Uh, to report that some of the images that showed this sort of swanky, uh, you know, bizarre-looking party center was actually a, a local restaurant called Nick and Sam's that she's been to, and they actually took their own photos of the spread they sent to Dak. Um, I, with all these things in general, it's like, uh, it, uh, you know, and I, if someone were to, from a PR angle, um, examine what I did from age 22 to 28, it would be um, a horrific uh, story for the nation to follow along. But <laughs> in general, like, let's try to stay. Let's just, like, not get in our own way um, while the entire country is gripped by the biggest um, health related news story uh, of our lifetime and your Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott uh, hanging around eating, you know, lamb wings or whatever it is they're eating. It's like, just why, why do this? How about Mark, do this virtually? Humans eat chicken wings when it's they go to the Well, who knows? It, we don't know what was on the menu. <laughs> I, I, I might be right. Do I have to stop <laughs> going to don't my have wings. I have to stop going to my neighbor's front yard every day at five o'clock and sitting eight feet across from each other. You're you're sitting eight feet across from each other. You're not having a party inside your house with well, you're all having dinner uh, at the same uh, table. And he everything. said less than fewer than ten people, right? I mean, it's kind of hard to keep track of the rules and get a handle on severity when the message is so mixed from leaders at the national, state, and cable news levels. <laughs> well, we have is- Dr. Fauci telling people that, hey, What's take a say? swing on Tinder if you need to. If <laughs> he basically said it on that podcast that we mentioned. Yeah. If, you're, if you're willing to take the risk, go down that Tinder avenue. Fauci said shoot your shot is basically what he said. <laughs> you know, it's a dangerous time in the quarantine because this is kind of a s- screw it time, meaning someone might be like, I'm sick of this. Screw it. Like, I, I, I'm tired of doing this. I'm going to have my friends over. I've been doing this for weeks. I'm, it's tired. I'm, I want to see my girlfriend, whatever it may be. It's sort of the screw it period. And I think maybe that's what Dak got into. My question, why is Dak hosting anything? He, he shouldn't be hosting. He, that means he has to pay for food and drink and everything. There's like six different people on the Cowboys that should be hosting mm. a party. Zeke should be hosting. Demarcus, Jalen, all of those guys who have been paid... I picture Dak at his front door charging $20 a solo cup to come in. He's the last guy who should be hosting. They should be hosting him. It's fair. 
That's fair. Right? There you go. It's it's not the end of the world, but it's also uh, Wes, like, days after he's out working out with Des Bryant and everyone's got their arms around each other. And at some point, yeah, you're young and you make mistakes. Again, it's not the end of the world. But you're also, like, an example for everyone tracking Dak Prescott in the state of Texas. And, like, if it's cool that he's just going out, like, basically living his life as he normally does, then other people think that they can too. Uh, moving on, let's head to the desert, Greg. I know you like it out there. You like it nice and dry. You're like, you're like Saul Goodman walking out he there. When it rains, I do. I like. Uh, I I kind of am like a. I like that's the the Jew in me. I'd like it 95 degrees and just dry. Like, give it to me. <laughs> Heat. Nice, Greg. Um. All right. Uh. So, Caesar Sportsbook released their NFL win totals and playoff odds for all 32 teams. Uh, Greg, since you're good at this, the Patriots open with a win total of hit it eight and a half. Well, you told me, right? Eight and a half. <laughs> show business, baby. <laughs> but uh, I think on this very show a few weeks ago, uh, a Twitter listener get I uh, pointed out I guessed eight and a half, so that was right. Right about that's like you're like the twelfth best team in the league. You're on the borderline of a playoff spot, so that mm-hmm. seemed about right. Brady's new team, the Bucks, opened with a win total of nine. Very mm. interesting. The two highest win totals, 12 each, the Chiefs and the Ravens. And, uh, Kyle, you guessed the teams with the two lowest win totals, it's set at four and a half, are? Four and a half. Um, I mean, I guess you could still look at Cincinnati. Are they, in, are they at four nope. and a half? No, the nope. number one pick's going to do that much. Is it, um, is it Miami? It is not Miami. It is the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the oh, Washington yeah. Redskins. So not a lot of hope in the desert. Well, uh, what that tells me is uh, Kyle has been adhering to the NFL's "Don't Gamble on Football" policy. Smart. <laughs> I mean, he, that's that's good. That's Can't smart. do it. I don't even. I, this over under. I don't even know what the hell you guys are talking about. I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> well, I'm no. trying to just play along and be a good guest, but I'm I'm lost right now. You're off the hook. Yeah, You're just. The and guest. we're not yeah, sure yeah. Greg is adhering to that policy on any. I, I am perfectly adhering to that policy. My my weight gain has been over under like sixteen and a half pounds over the last <laughs> month. That's what I know. <laughs> Um, all right, let's, uh, you know what, let's get in. I know, uh, get that club gear on. Hopefully it still fits because we're heading into La Clicker, the Kicker Club. Let's go. All right. The Dallas Cowboys have a competition. Kai's Kai, four bath, already on the roster. The Cowboys bring in Greg Zerline. On a three-year contract. And uh, first thought, two words, Wes. When Zerline comes in, your first thought on Kai Forbat, two words. Not Kai's Kai. Free Kai. He he gone. Free Kai. (laughs) Free Kai. Uh, Hashtag free Kai. And, uh, you know, that that is the situation. But guess what? Everyone thinks that Zerline's the favorite. Zerline, he's speaking out on it. Well, first I want to, here's the quote from Zerline on the kicker competition. Ideally, I win. (laughs) <laughs> okay, but uh, Ricky, use, use that other thing I sent you now. Could sound like this. Ideally, I win. <laughs> I just, I, that's how I imagine Greg the Leg. It's incredible. Production value here. I, I, I'm blown away. When I saw the wired <laughs> headphones, I figured you guys wouldn't have anything. This is really good, though. I like that we're talking kickers. I anytime That's what we I do try here. to talk kickers on the network, I get made fun of. I really I like talking kickers because 
and you picked the right show. Crapped on all the time, but it's like they're the ones that put people in the Hall of Fame. They're the ones that put people in the Super Bowl. Every time I try to bring it up, I get laughed at. This is this is. I feel at home. I feel at home, especially at club. <laughs> you picked the right. Much? You picked the right show, Kyle. Because let's head. You. Let's head back into the club. Your thoughts, Wes? Who do the Cowboys think they're kidding here? With right. This competition. They give one guy guaranteed millions, a former All Pro to come in and take the job. And Kai Forbath, who had, what, 10 kicks for them last year? As some kind of, you know, token of loyalty, they're letting him mm. do the cut. If you want to be loyal to Kai Forbath, set him free. Let him go kick for someone else. Yeah. Sideline's your kicker. I feel like if there's, if there's one truism of any kicker battle, if a team gave any guaranteed money, if you gave even $50,000 to one kicker, he's winning the job. Mm. They gave Greg Zierlein a million dollars guaranteed. It, it's over. There's no, there's no chance. And Kyle, I tease that this is the right show for you to join oh, us. Oh, yes. Uh, we have a child. Yeah. Hello. Walker, my son comes in quietly every time. We, we don't <laughs> let him speak. Walker? But Walker yeah, what's up, basement. Walker? How you doing, bud? You like kickers, Walker? <laughs> Walker, do you like kickers? You a big fan of, of kickers and, two, you know, the, the field goals and whatnot? <laughs> whatnot. Cat's got his tongue here. You know? A he born just, like, broadcaster. Will you, uh, will you guys indulge my kicker fetish just in doing around the horn? Do you, do you guys each have an all-time favorite kicker in the NFL? Just give me one. Give me an I do. Just As an Tucker. old school uh, Browns fan, I'll go Matt Barr, who um, when I would get annoyed when he would, you know, flub the occasional kick, very reliable, um, good kicking family, Matt Crossbar. Mm. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. It'd be it'd be a little weird to say anyone but Adam Vinatieri. So I'm not sure. Okay. I feel like the most overrated kicker of the 21st century, a fellow lefty like me, David Akers of the (laughs) Eagles, who would there were years where he was getting 150 points every year. Yes. Yes. Justin Tucker is the best player in the league if you factor in how much better he is than anyone else. That's his competition. So like you think, like Justin Tucker is better at kicker than like Julio Jones is at wide receiver. That's what you're saying, and I, I agree with you. That's where I my guy, uh, my guy, growing up as a Bears fan in the '80s was Kevin Butler. I loved Kevin oh, Butler, yeah. but uh, I really fell in love with the guy who won my first ever fantasy championship. Do you remember in the mid 2000s what a heater Jeff Wilkins of oh, the yeah. Rams was oh, on? Yeah. Oh yeah, he would give you 25 fantasy points a week. It was so awesome. So I love Wilkins. Love you, my man. Wherever you are. All right, we're staying in the club because, yes, you're a very lucky man. We're now going to do a quick uh, draft breakdown of who you need to know about uh, from the kicker position. Hit the music again, Ricky. The number one prospect. By the way, COVID-19 hasn't shut down the boot factory operating in the Peach State right now. Sure. Because you got Rodrigo's Blankenship from Georgia. You got Tyler Bass from Georgia Southern, both guys that could go. Um on day three. I'm not saying anybody's going to go day one or two, but day three. Blankenship, he's a heavy favorite to be the first kicker off the board. Uh, top-ranked ke- kicking prospect by a majority of draft experts out there. He's got a big leg. Hit six of nine kicks from 50-plus last year. Drilled a 55-yarder against Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. in 2018. Uh, touchback machine. Uh, ba- uh, Bass is a nice player, nice prospect. Keep an eye on him. He did really well in the in the. Uh, Senior Bowl. Now, I want to throw a couple more guys out there. Ricky Aguayo, mm-hmm. the brother of Roberto Aguayo. Oh. He had his uh, own. No, I don't have the energy for this. Yeah, he had his own career at Florida State. Not as celebrated. He also had a, a, some fights with frat bros. I remember, you remember that? And there was a turtle that, that didn't make it out of it. Mm-hmm. Feels like uh, extra but, points for that. But he is um, he is in the mix this year. Also, speaking of Adam Vinatieri, Chase Vinatieri out of South Dakota State, the same school. Uh, that Adam went chases the son of Chad Ventieri. 
Adams' older brother. Whoa! He's a quality kicking prospect. Uh, he went to UCLA right in our backyard here. Keep an eye on him. Maybe as an undrafted free agent. Maybe mm. as a Mr. Irrelevant. Just keep your eye Belichick's on Belichick's all that. over that. They I mean, the Patriots drafted their last kicker in the fourth round. They're not, they're not shy. Chase. Dan, please tell me you have like a Vladimir Janikowski coming down the pipeline. Is he also in the bloodline? Because the way this is going, I feel like you're about to drop that on us. Please. I would love to have that. I don't know if Sebastian procreated, but he could have a family member. Nobody that's popped up yeah. yet. And just one he more fun know. fact for you, Greg. Chase attended Super Bowls 36 and 38 when Adam made game-winning field goals. He was in the stands. I mean, the man Adam hit a... a kick in the snow to close down a stadium to start the greatest dynasty in sports history. No one's nice ever going to top kicker. that. No one's nice ever going to top that. And, and don't forget, Adam Vinatieri, undrafted. Mm. I, be- I believe he played in the World League before yes. getting, a- getting his shot. All right. Yes. Now that was a trip to the kicker club. That was, that was a long one. So Ooh-wee. we can gather in that club um, and discuss kickers, but we're killing Dak Prescott for having a few people over for hors <laughs> d'oeuvres. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. Touché. We haven't yet put in the testing procedures that are necessary, but we just like to party with the kickers. All right. Moving on. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Uh, how do you want to get into this, uh, Kyle? I want you to maybe take the reins here uh, and uh, take us through. Uh, where your headspace is at, something that was important enough to you, something that's really never happened in, in all my years doing the show when I talked to uh, a guest that's coming on. You reached out to me and said there's something yeah. we need to talk about. Let's, let's get into it. There's a great wrong that needs to be made right. Um, when we started Good Morning Football in 2016, we started doing a segment that we called the Nerd Bowl. And the Nerd Bowl was, in essence, a trivia contest where we would take Schrager and he would go against a producer or a statistician or someone like that. Nerd, a term of affection that you love football so much, you're a nerd for it. And Peter was tearing everybody apart and he would always beat them and always beat them. So we went to Houston. We went to Houston before the infamous Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl. And we did a live show in front of a live audience. And our shtick that day was, we're going to do a nerd bowl. And Peter's going to say, I'll take on anybody in this crowd. They can come out of the crowd right up here right now. And I'll take on anybody. Well, we had uh, a plant. It was a work. plant, yes, was, uh, was on this podcast right now. And his name was Chris Wesley. And he came up, and he was an incredibly good sport. And what uh, ensued was the most terrible, disastrous segment in any any show ever that's ever been done in history. We what we, we pitched this as Schrager and Wesley know everything. They are experts. They know every little detail of football. We proceeded to ask them like twelve trivia questions, and I don't know if they got any of them right. Here's every a... single one was wrong. Kyle, here's, here's, was a, wrong. Sample. here's a sample. Schrager was wrong. How it went. You got audio? Go ahead. That's the low-hanging fruit. What was that second one, Chris? I'm well, we don't want to play the questions here, Dan, right? No, we're not. Springer's going to know it. Unfortunately, I have to call time on you. we got to move the nerd ball fast. Peter, would you I like to steal? I don't know. Honestly, I'm going to guess. I'm going to take a random guess here. Deshaun Goldson, but I don't think he actually won. No, it's not right. Peter, way to show up with your A-game in Houston. It's Courtney Upshaw with the Ravens. You could hear the frustration uh, in, in your voice there. The, the segment just wasn't singing, Kyle. The Good Morning Football staff still talks about that segment about how terribly produced it was. And let me make it clear. The questions were way too hard, way too hard. Or were they? 
We're going to find out today. I have in my hand the actual questions that Schrager and Wesling were asked on that fateful day wow. in January of yeah. 2017. Get, get ready for, like, who made the game-winning field goal <laughs> in week four of a 1983 game? These That's are right. the questions that your producers the came up with. And, Chris, there was no fault of your own. We, oh, we I, I know. Way too <laughs> because in my house, we talk about this segment, too, and we talk about the Good Morning Football staff and the esoteric, arcane nature of these questions, which trivia is supposed to be fun. This is really trivial. Whoa. Like, nobody cares about any of these questions. So who nope. brings it up? When you talk about it in your home, Wes, do you bring it up or Keisha just... <laughs> Me and all my watch. good time friends. <laughs> that damn segment. It's a black eye on our show. So, I guys, agree. here's what I'm going to need right now. <laughs> I'm going to need two contestants that are going to get the same questions that Chris and Peter got. I will ask them, who wants to play? Chris, you're ineligible, but the other three, you got, who wants to play? I'd love to try. All right, Dan, you're in. Dan, and who do we got, guys? Who's the second I mean, I'll, it, I assume I'm going to come out looking. If, if Wes and Schrager can't get any, I just feel like I've got nothing to lose. I, uh, Greg, right. maybe we could each go halfway, but I, I'll throw Dan, my hat in the It's going to be Dan versus Mark, and Greg, I, I need you to help me keep score. Can Here Greg be a lifeline? How about Greg as sure, lifeline? Yeah, I think, sure. That, yeah, I got to whip my whistle for it. Hold on. I mean, Wes could be a lifeline. You're going to need an right. indexed encyclopedia Here we go. lifeline. The first question, and this is the same question that that we asked on that day. I love you got the music. Are we how buzzing in here? How is, is this going to write? No, no, no. Wrong? This is just for Dan. This is okay. just for Dan. You always get your this own question. Go and then you get an opportunity to steal. Dan hands this. Now, let me preface this. All of these questions, remind, remember, it's January 2017, and they're all about the Falcons and the Patriots. They're Ooh. all based on them. Here we go. Dan right. hands this. Your question. When Atlanta last defeated New England... In 1998, which Falcons tight end caught two touchdowns? I'm going to say Algie Crumpler. That is incorrect. Mark, would you like to steal? Not particularly. I'd like to Do you steal. have any guess? Now, um, I want to point out, this is one of the only questions that Chris got right. So, Mark, if you have no guess. Right. 98. 98, Falcons tight end, two touchdowns against the Patriots. It was not LJ Crumpler. I felt good about that answer. Jock Robertson. That is incorrect. Neither one of you guys get the point. Chris, what is the real answer? I believe it's OJ Santiago. Yes, it is. Nice OJ Santiago. Greg, did you know that? That's, that's, that's impressive on its own. All right, so that was the one that Chris got. Now, your next question, Mark, for you. Name the only Patriot to win a Super Bowl as a player and later as a coach with a different team. A head coach? A coach. Assistant coach. And stop clarifying. Just answer. All right. <laughs> um, wow. Ooh, I feel good about this one, too. Okay, Dan feels like he's going to steal if you don't yeah. get it right. He won the Super Bowl as a Patriot player and then won a Super Bowl as a coach with another team. The only one to do it. Who is it? I don't know. You got nothing. Dan, would you like to steal? Mm, no, I, I actually got it. No, I, I had it mixed up in my head, but I was going to say Pepper Johnson, but that's not that's not it. Greg, do you have a guess? I should know this, but I don't. The answer, my friends, Peter Schrager that day guessed Don Hasselbeck, which is wrong. Wesling guessed Raymond Barry, which is wrong. The answer is Larry Izzo. Oh, Larry Izzo. Izzo, oh, wow. yes. How did you guys not know that? 
These are, it makes sense when I hear the answer. Wes, is there a sense of vindication washing over you as everyone else stumbles here? This is going exactly how I remember it. Mm. All right. Now imagine I mean, how did they live TV and we can't get out of it? How did we they think that Don Hasselbeck won a Super Bowl or Raymond Barry as a member of the Patriots? But they didn't even understand the question. Wait, right, was let's do a Schrager's more. a proud man. When yes. you go to commercial break after the segment bombs and Wes is a good sport and you and you send Wes off. Yep. Is Schrager steaming? Does he does it is he saying you guys made me look bad in front what of a live about audience? How to answer this. Peter was probably berating me and the staff for making the questions too, too hard, right? <laughs> Cut that from this. No, don't. Um, all right, next question. Let I mean, I'd be the same one. I like that you thought about how to answer that. And that that's <laughs> what um, going into the Super Bowl, if he throws two interceptions in this Super Bowl, Tom Brady will tie which quarterback for the most playoff interceptions in NFL history? Interesting. It'd have to be a guy that played a ton. A games, okay. most likely. Uh, who played many playoff games, was airing it out a lot, would have some games. Where, I don't think he uh, – This he was a great quarterback, so I don't think he had a lot of messy games, but he played so many. I'll say Jim Kelly. Hmm. That is not correct. Would you like to steal, Mark? I would. Um, I'm going to go Peyton Manning. That is also not correct. This yes. is my point. Here, Chris at the time guessed Bart Starr, which is not right. Schrager guessed John Elway, which is not right. The answer is Brett Favre, guys. Uh, Brett Favre, most playoff Logical. So we're just bottoming out here, and we're <laughs> yes, going to crescendo. I'm not going to kill that question. Round. That question was reasonable. It's not a bad question. Yeah. Not a bad question. All right, how about this? How about just a really simple one? This is very simple. There's no time history. Here we go, guys. This is for you, Mark. Where did Falcons wide receiver and return man Eric Weems play college football? Um, I will go uh, University of Georgia. <laughs> that is incorrect. Dan, would you like to steal? Eric Weems. Oh, you know, such a... Better not be Googling there, Dan. <laughs> Household yeah, he name. Googled. Just the way he's building this up. It's he Googled so this. this is We've absurd. done too many shows together. Dan starts acting. I think it was uh, Bethune-Cookman, was it? <laughs> wow! Yes, he went to no, Google this is Cookman. Absurd. Yes, the answer is Bethune Cookman. Really I well done with that. the sleight of hand, Hansus. He thought um, he had a way to remember that, that answer. That Sometimes Chris, a blind squirrel. Did you remember squirrel. that Eric Weems went to Bethune Cookman? Because at the time, you guessed uh, Eastern Michigan and Schrager guessed Akron. Did you do you remember Bethune Cookman? I I do not remember that. That is yeah. an impossible question. Now, when Wes, I, I mean, he was the guy years, at the time who kind of mattered. Bethune Cookman, we're going to do this show four years from now. I'm going to ask again. Um, <laughs> should we crescendo now with the lightning round? All this is is six very fast, irreverent questions, and whichever of the two of you says the answer first gets the point. Okay, are you guys ready? I would suggest Here we go. these questions are not capable of bringing lightning. <laughs> we'll find out. Here we go. Lightning round begins. What is Vic Beasley's jersey number? Fifty-eight. 50, no, fifty-five. Ninety-one. No, 44. 44. Which Patriot at the time of 2017 had climbed Mount Kilimanjaro? Uh, Amadola. Chris Long. No. Chris Long is correct. We got a point. In honor of Keanu Neal, name any Keanu Reeves movie. Speed. Point Speed bro. is correct. What is, the, what is the name of the single off of Deion Sanders' rap album? Must be the money. Correct. In retirement, Drew Bledsoe has started a business winery. with product. Wine, winery wine. is correct. Yeah. And the last one, what is the signature color of the do-it-yourself superstore founded by Arthur Blank? Orange. 
Oh, Orange is correct! Wesley! You got Wes it! deserves it. Oh my gosh, he couldn't help us. And you know what's funny? At the time, all th three uh, three years ago, Wesley also got Orange. That, that is I know Home Depot, questions Depot, baby. are perfect for you, brother. Do it yourself, my man. So well, that... I, I, did we learn anything? Dan won, I think. Indication? I think Dan won. Got well, some speed round. I might have pulled the bell check to get well, there. But. I'm not sure. Are we counting Bethune Cookman no, that was Googled? So it's 2-1. Two, two well, let's no. bring it. Let's also take it back to what was Wes's reaction coming off the stage? Because now I am having a vague memory of asking him hours later when we first saw him for the day. <laughs> like, oh, how'd that uh, GMFB segment go? And you were steaming. <laughs> well, I think my initial reaction was dejection. Like, I, I beat myself up quite a bit for not doing well. And then I thought about it for a while. I was like, those are the worst questions terrible can whoever came up with questions, questions should not hold a job kyle how about this and you feel free to shoot this down but we have our own trivia game called win wes's toaster put a lot of care into the questions sometimes uh, those don't pass the smell test with wes either but i think no. in general the track track record is good what if and hopefully there is a super bowl uh 55 what if you guys did a rematch here and uh and it was wesling schrager and we we were able to work with you to come up with the questions. It's a fantastic we'd be idea. On the same page. I like it. Can't wait to do it. It's a great idea. And we get to be in the rogues gallery watching the whole thing go down. Of course, yes, absolutely. Wesley, you up for it? It's more about you. I was going to say I choose not to run, but if Kyle's coming up with the questions, I, I assume he may have come up with the original ones. But I assume whoever it was has been uh, ejector seated out of NFL Network by now and no longer works in football or anything were, to do with entertainment. They were left in Houston, as I recall. I didn't even Schrager ask you guys demanded the question it. where the answer, the answer was Cornelius Bennett. We had a Cornelius there Bennett There was a Courtney Upshaw too. answer, too, according to the clip we answered, There was an Upshaw, pretty ridiculous. And we had multiple Weems questions. We, it, was, it was ridiculous. I think, <laughs> as I recall, hearing the story behind the scenes that Schrager ripped up the return tickets for each of the people on the production team. <laughs> Before uh, getting on the plane, if that's Kyle is the, Schrager. if Kyle is the impresario here, I'm in. Respect. We'll do it. We'll do it. A February, God willing, of 2021 in Tampa, Florida. And we'll, right. Wes. The reason it's good that we're going to be involved too. I, we want to protect you and protect your brand because you represent us. My brand. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. I've been worried about my brand for a while. All right, there it is. Well, Kyle, you've said it all. You've you've come on the show for the first time. It was overdue and. As everyone expected, you, you know, you did it all. You said it all, and you hit a home run. Thank you. We talked. Uh, we talked to Brian Allen, the player. Who apparently, is on the Rams. We. I met. I met a young Rosenthal. Um, we got to talk about some softcore, and so I mean, like I, that checks all the boxes for yeah. me, guys. Thank you so much. Just an absolute trip to be with the heroes. And um, thank you. I Thanks, should, Kyle. I should say that our our friends over at uh, Rocket Mortgage, thank you for supporting our program. Yes, I know they named their company after Rocket Ismail, and who was a childhood hero of mine. So I'm very, very uh, excited to hear that. Thank Beautiful. you. Beautiful. All right, total kismet, Kyle. So good morning, football back. Yes, good morning, football. We'll be back. Uh, draft week, uh, live TV from the basements. Uh, somehow, some way, we will land on the moon. So please watch us. And will please, this be the uh, background? Will it be the Princeton, or are they I, they too corporate to let that happen? They might be. It's too corporate for them, too toolish for me. I'm going to be up all night tonight thinking of tapestries and sketchy drawings or anything that's better than this. I mean, look at me. Come on. Carol King me. tapestry album. Be there proud. you go. Be proud. I hope so. Thanks for joining us, Kyle. This is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, Rick Hollywood, and the great Kyle Brent. 
Tune in Friday, Twitter show live. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.